This isn't the first time I beat you out on a job. There's no shame in it. Consider this my final lesson. Look out for yourself. Anything else is weakness. There's over 150 hours of Star Wars on film. This is the Star Wars binge where we select order and elevate the best 40 hours of the Star Wars canon. My name is Jeff Cook. Philosophy at UNC in Greeley, Colorado, and in Denver is the Daniel Mothershed, actor, playwright, and pop culture enthusiast. This is true. This is the sound of my voice. How's it going, Mothershed? It is, I think, going well. Longtime listeners will maybe have gotten this insight clue if you have done put your uh, Sherlock Holmes hat on while listening to our podcast. You may have realized that the last time Daniel and I actually recorded. <laughs> was in August of 2021. Wow, yeah. Daniel had just moved to Denver and is now churning out some high-quality theater productions. I hope so. Yes. Let's go with yes. <laughs> so edit that to where I agreed immediately. <laughs> yes, that was <laughs> correct. You should come see him. <laughs> I took a full-time teaching job. We had 10 or so episodes in the can, and then everything slowed down. Our episodes take about 50 man hours to produce in terms of the study, the recording, and then the editing process takes forever, which for those of you who listen and understand, just know we're doing this as a, a passion project. It's taxing work, uh, and I believe, as we discussed, many Bothans died to bring you these recordings, <laughs> so keep that in mind. So occasionally, the uh, once-a-month rhythm that we hit there for a while, I do apologize. In good news... I have good news for you, Dan. I'm stepping away from university work to do stuff that I love for the next year. To do stuff that matters. <laughs> That's actually how I feel right now. <laughs> Man, COVID jacked up some folks. They, uh, If you haven't hung out with a college student in the last two years, there was some regression that took place in many of the folks <laughs> oh, that no. I'm interacting with. Oh, no. No, uh, I'm not painting college students with a broad brush there, but... Uh, but I am. You guys, you took a step back. Sorry about that. I, I will say, as somebody whose uh, day job is working for a big box retailer, uh-huh. uh, everyone seems to have taken a few steps back. <laughs> this and, is just... and, and it feels almost as if perhaps college students have reverted back to being children, but I would say specifically adult men over the age of 40 have uh, reverted back to being animals. <laughs> just, just evolutionary, full evolutionary regression is what I'm saying. I have seen idiocracy, so this was actually foretold, and so it's just <laughs> what we should have expected, yeah? Yeah, we should stop being surprised. We, well, I've, I did buy a bunch of Gatorade the other day, and I'll start uh, my planting season here soon. Say it's what plants crave. <laughs> it's got electrolytes. <laughs> well, our calendar says we will release an episode every two weeks from here on, starting in July. The, when we were starting this project, there was apparently a Star Wars project here or there, maybe releasing once every two years. I mean, and that was a lot of new Star Wars coming out. 
Yeah. We started recording, and then all of a sudden, somebody cranked this sucker up. Yeah, just just opened a, a fire hose. It was going to be a Ryan Johnson trilogy and The Mandalorian, and then they were like, you know what we could do? We could do 28 shows and maybe 20 movies. <laughs> Is there a character you maybe once thought? I wonder if they're interesting. The Babu Frick trilogy. Let's go. <laughs> 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 why is he in that ship just why <laughs> well as it stands then we're gonna slightly adjust because some of this may affect us obviously there is a show coming out out next month that's gonna have a huge impact on just how we talk about some of these characters so what we're gonna do here is uh we actually need to celebrate something it has been one year since we released our first episode oh my gosh that's true so this is our anniversary one year. So as an anniversary celebration, we're going to just set up a couple of our thoughts for the shows coming up and outline here some of the things that we're hoping to do uh, over the summer and into the late 2022 and 2023. So And the rest of our foreseeable lives. Yeah, that's right. Because as Weird Al sang, making these movies till the end of time. <laughs> oh my, my, this here Anakin guy Maybe Vader someday later yeah, my schedule has us wrapping this sucker up in 2029, apparently, on our uh, our present crawl snail pace. Well, yeah, your your children will finish the show for you, <laughs> and I will be in a nursing home. That's how, that's how J.R.R. Tolkien did it. Uh, Just hand that sucker to Christopher. Yeah. And then years and years later, somebody will announce they'll be doing a podcast that's inspired by it, and a bunch of toxic people on the internet will be like, that's not what they would have done. I would take it. I would, you know, right now, if you were to tell me that's the future, all right. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I'm sure Tolkien doesn't give a crap what a bunch of idiots (laughs) on Fandom Wire think about the Amazon Lord of the Rings show. (laughs) Well, there are potentially six shows coming out in the next year or so, next 12 months. I want to do just a a quick, I would love to have your hot take. I don't know if that's the right word anymore, but <clears throat> on like some of them it is. Take. I promise you that. <laughs> so, what are what are some of, like? Are you excited? Are you not excited? What, what are some of the things that are going through your mind? So, we're gonna just give our our thoughts on the on the six shows that are coming up, and then I'll let you know where we're going in Act Two of the Star Wars binge. So coming up here and we are going to do a pregame for this show so maybe That's we right. should only share one thing but kenobi's coming out here soon so what's your if you had to just say one thing you're excited about for uh kenobi what hits you first i can sum up everything i think about this series in one sentence help me obi-wan kenobi you're my only hope tell me and i'm saying that. oh and, and, <laughs> and i mean it was said first and best by princess leia carrie fisher but um, if I am to be honest, uh-huh. I, I have been disappointed by the last couple of Star Wars films and and profoundly disappointed by the book of Boba Fett. Yeah, the felt like they were mailing some of that in. Oh man, yeah, in many ways. Like I just so I just I just was I had I was so excited um for what it could have been. And then those hopes got um bullseye like a like a womp rat as as to keep it inverse and it's it's just made me a little nervous for where for where the star wars universe is going to go because i i I feel like i feel like 
over the last several years, Disney has leaned so hard into just making things look and feel like Star Wars and haven't really focused on the content. Yep. The Book of Boba Fett looks great. Mm-hmm. That's it. And and I've I've started to get nervous. My 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 brother, friend of friend and former guest on on this podcast, and I both had talked about it in the middle of Book of Boba Fett, kind of said, "I'm a little nervous, and and I'm I'm kind of I'm gonna take some maybe some steps away from getting too excited about upcoming Star Wars stuff." And, and yeah, my, my excitement is a little like, "Oh God, I hope this is." So that's that's what I would long story short. That's where I'm at with Obi Wan Kenobi. Help me, Obi Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. It's just please you. This could be such a slam dunk. Ewan McGregor is a great actor, and I just I want this to be good. Daniel, I'm here to pick you up. I got <laughs> I got three things that come to mind on this. Great. One, you know what the real property that they know they need to nail is? It's this one. This oh, is the one yes. they it's almost like I mean, Clone Wars was a how can you reclaim and reestablish and really bring some value to the prequels. But I I man it's got to be the case that Dave Filoni has been sitting back for a while saying, if I got to make, you know, episode three and a half, right. if I got to right. make a Star Wars movie in the in the time period I really care about, it's going to be this. And he's got all the actors they want, and he's got yeah, a seriously. budget. And he's had, I mean, he has to have had years and years and years to think about this. So uh, that would be one. Two, I think Book of Boba Fett, they won't ever say it, but I think it suffered from COVID. I think that they may have had other hopes, dreams. I bet you some execution was lacking. Long COVID made them forget all the good things <laughs> they could have done. <laughs> <laughs> Truth, um, and 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 I th- and I think you're right. I, I mean, there. Are, I think there's a misstep there. I was really hoping that they were going to make that character more of a Godfather character. I mean, Same. you might as well have him take over for Jabba and start dishing out pain. Yeah, but but they did it was just this weird I will not lead by fear and intimidation, but then he would do something ridiculous. Yeah. Uh and 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 violent but then also not, but then it just it just felt weird and it felt inconsistent and I didn't care most of yeah. the time. Opportunity to go dark and they chose not to. Uh wanted yeah. a redemption story and and they wanted a western. They, there was a lot of Western going on, obviously, in that show. And yeah. Whatever Fett is paying you, we'll match. And all you've got to do is stay put and let things play out. And um, unfortunately, I mean, just my quick take on that, that show, they, as is commonly Star Wars move, they killed off a fantastic villain who had so much potential. I'd be careful where I was sticking my nose if I were you. Man, I everything about Cad Bane worked for me. Yeah. And you you had I mean you could that just him alone another season uh, if you wanted to to I mean that was a great foil at the very least. So Yeah, I think you and I texted about that when that episode aired and, and both of us were, were kind of at the same time thinking Wait, wh- why would you do that? Yeah. You cut Maul in half and 
Didn't realize what you had, apparently. I so thought that, that like, they showed the Baca tank after the right. credits. And I was like, oh, that's what they did. They shot him and they threw him in the Baca tank. And nope, it was somebody else. <laughs> it was, it was, yeah, it was Timothy Oliphant. <laughs> it's like, I, I love Timothy Oliphant. So, you, you know, great. Let's let more of him, sure. But yeah, it, if. If the book of Boba Fett had actually been called the Bantha book, it would not have been at all disappointing because it would <laughs> it would have been like a deep dive into into the Sand People, the the, the Tusken Raiders. Because yep. the stuff with the Tusken Raiders was not at all disappointing, especially knowing with with both the Mandalorian and the book of Boba Fett, the the actor you know Troy Kotzer, who just won an Academy Award for his performance in Coda, creating the sign language and performances that they built the rest of that culture on. That was yeah. great, but that wasn't really what we got advertised that the show was going to be. Yeah, I think that's that's correct. I like when Star Wars shows the humanity of those who you think are villains. That's a I think that's always a fun move. Obviously, Absolutely. they did that a little bit with the uh Rancor and and uh my quick take on Boba Fett on the book of Boba Fett is this is what it looks like to film the ideas of a seven-year-old and a six-year-old who are playing in the sand <laughs> with their Star Wars toys. What would happen? Well, Boba Fett is definitely on a Rancor. And yeah. Here's how yeah. this... And he rides a Rancor and there's a, like, roided out Chewbacca. <laughs> that character could have been fascinating and they didn't... They, they had, like, one cool scene with, with Kirsten Tan. He looked amazing. And, and then just knowing a little bit of what they did with him in the comics, which I will say... Yep. There's so much interaction between him and Obi-Wan throughout some of the comic books. I am hopeful that perhaps we will get more of him. Oh, there you go. I didn't think about that. So so to to not just say, man, I'm nervous and I hope they don't toss the lightsaber uh, uh, with it. Uh, I am excited that some of these characters who are so cool throughout the comics, I'm excited to get to see more of, of these really interesting characters. On my end, the thing I'm most excited about I assume she's directing them all, but my favorite Mandalorian season one episodes were all done by Deborah Chow. Yeah. I don't hear her name very often. Um, she gets, you know, there were so many great directors in Mandalorian, but her stuff I thought was the best. No, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I'm just super excited. I think she gets it. I think she gets the emotion of it. I think she orchestrates scenes to pull you into really caring. And so the fact that she's overseeing... Kenobi, I think, is a huge win. Mike Mike Nichols, the, the the great film, television, and stage director Mike Nichols once said, the responsibility of uh, the director is to create the moments of the play, film, or or movie. And in though in her episodes of Mandalorian, that's exactly what she does. Like they've she's yeah. just created those moments and put them on the screen so beautifully, and hasn't gotten in the way. Yeah, in, in the way that other directors, and I don't even mean. I don't even mean with Star Wars. I just mean across general, the board yeah. can get in the way of the story. And I, not her. Such a large bounty for such a small package. What are your plans for it? How uncharacteristic of one of your reputation. You have taken both commission and payment. Is it not the code of the guild that these events are now forgotten? That Beskar is enough to 
make a handsome replacement for your armor. Unfortunately, finding a Mandalorian in these trying times is more difficult than finding the steel. Agreed. I'm, I will say, I'm also very excited to see uh, how awesome the de-aging motion capture is on Luke Sky, uh, uh, Mark Hamill playing seven-year-old Luke Skywalker. I'm sure he's great. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, we had another actor on set, but we used Mark's face, and he was he was great. He was down on his knees, and he was playing seven, and it was it was like it was perfect. That iMovie is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking of de-aging and using that kind of software, the second, I'll, I'll bring this up in a minute, but the second uh, show coming out is going to be Andor, which yeah. they, they had a sizzle reel and kind of here's what we're doing like two years ago. So this has just kind of right. been out there in the can perhaps, or perhaps they've been working it. That one really got delayed because of COVID. Yeah. I right? was just reading about that and in, in, in kind of just trying to remind myself even what it was going to be because, yeah, it had been a while since we had seen that footage get revealed. If it succeeds because it was allowed to breathe and for them to really think through it, edit things, sit on it for six months, go back and edit, I really hope they learn that lesson because they have tried the other way of hiring a director, writing the whole script, filming it, and all of that taking place in 15 months. And some of those episodes, uh, some <laughs> of the big tentpole movies, didn't work because they're rushing these projects. I know what you're talking about, and I don't agree with you. But <laughs> though you do got to think Kathleen Kennedy probably watched Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and went, oh, I made a tremendous mistake. I those would hope so. Writers and directors were meant to do solo, and then they're like, "Nah, get out of here." And the, both lessons to be learned there. Into the Spider Verse took like five years to make. Yeah, I mean, it's, and it's it, one of the best. And it's incredible superhero films. Period. Ever. Period. In ever. Yeah. Take some time with the properties. Just take some time with the properties. Like I, you can triple your. I. It has to be the case they can triple their income on these things if they just get the story right and the editing right. I mean, just those two things. Nobody cares about your CGI. Not one True. person. They care about the story and they care about the editing. Yeah. That's what. That's the only thing that matters, y'all. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, a prequel, right? It's, it's four or five years before Rogue One uh, for, for Andor is the timeline, if I'm remembering right. Uh, I mean, I, yeah. I, it's going to have to be in the, that, yeah, in that space. I mean, it can't be after because he died. But, I mean, yeah. Right? yeah. I'm excited about that. I'm excited to see. I think Diego Luna is a great actor, and I really liked his performance in Rogue One. I actually just, I've said this on this podcast, I love Rogue One so yep. much. It's my favorite. It's it's my it's one of my two favorite Star Wars movies that's not the original, that's not in the original three. Um, and it was so well done. Until they tried to shove that odd romantic moment in at the end, that's the one thing that tears the movie. Agreed. For me. But um, it's I love. If you listen to this podcast, you are not a stranger to me saying this. If you just know me in real life, you're not a stranger <laughs> to me saying this. I I want to see more of the wars part of Star Wars. Yep. And I just adored Rogue One for those reasons. So I'm very excited to see a story that is about the resistance. It is about fighting. 
Um, it is with a great character. K2SO is back. Uh, Alan Tudyk. Who? Um, that cast is stacked. I mean, it's 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 Fiona Shaw, who is, of course, long stage history. Uh, she is Aunt Petunia in the Harry Potter films. She is great in Killing Eve as as the, the mm. woman who runs the, the division that's going after. She's great. Stellan Skarsgård is in it. He's great. Luna and Alan Tudyk. All you gotta know is... I think people are sleeping on Andor. I won't be surprised at all. Here, I mean, here's prediction. If I was putting money down, I bet you most people think this is the le- one they're least excited about. And I bet you coming out, it's oh. going to be top two. The thing that gives me a lot of hope is the chemistry between yeah. Luna and, and Tudyk. It's time to go dark. We haven't gotten a lot of dark Star Wars recently, but terrorism in the Star Wars universe, spy ruthlessness. There is a line from Cassian Andor in Rogue One, which you'll be familiar with, which he says, Some of us, most of us, have all done terrible things on behalf of the Rebellion. Spies, saboteurs, assassins. I wonder who they're trying to assassinate, by the way. (laughs) <laughs> Everything I did, I did for the rebellion. And every time I walked away from something I wanted to forget, I told myself it was for a cause that I believed in. A cause that was worth it. They better show that. Double my subscription for that. I want to see that. I well, they'll see do that regardless. But I want... <laughs> If you have Diego Luna walking away from situations where he's actually saying to himself, I'm really morally conflicted by what I just did, I'm all in. That's what I want to see. Well, and I just enjoy that this is a new character. I mean, not new in the sense that, yeah, he was in Rogue One, but but I'm very excited to see characters that we've gotten a little bit of, but we haven't grown up with. Our parents haven't grown up with yep. them. And I think that's I think that has been a mistake that Disney is making to just continue to try to... I mean, it's Patton Oswalt's routine about like, oh, you like Darth Vader? Now you get to see him as a little kid. Like, right. I don't need that. I don't need to see the young version of yep. all these characters. Again, love Solo. But other than that, um, I don't like some of, of the, the nostalgia-based choices that Disney seems to be making, and that has that has made me nervous. Because even with the addition of the of the Mon Mothma character, who, who we, quote, have seen in Star Wars, we see her for two sentences so i mean it's still a new character that we don't really know anything about so i am very excited um for a lot of these things for a lot of new faces and people and characters and and adventures that sounds very cheesy but but that is what i'm excited for there's a foundation here to really pull out some some cool stuff that's rogue one-ish stuff it's one of the more interesting things in my mind about uh, how the Star Wars universe works is everything flips. So the Separatists in theory are the bad guys and the Republic are the good guys. And the Separatists are those who become the Rebellion. Yeah. So uh, Diego Luna's character, so Andor is a Separatist. And all those folks are kind of are flipping. And then you have, I love that you can play this out. The, you know, the Saw Gerrera terrorist element is there. Jimmy Smith's clear could come back. Um, yeah. who I think is a fantastic actor. We, we, we've we've spent some time on this podcast talking about how great of an actor Jimmy Smith is. Like the, the guys, the guy is awesome. Skills, 
Forrest Whitaker apparently likes this character so much, he's done voice work for like video games oh, to yeah, do Saw Gerrera. He is the person who has played Saw Gerrera across the board. There's two other characters, and I just don't see it, but they absolutely could add them. And the one is Thrawn. I think that Thrawn really works in this world. I, I realize you haven't gotten a chance to see a lot of Thrawn, but... But I know who he is. Thrawn ends up being this kind of character. Yeah. They need probably an Imperial officer that that is, you know, doing horrible things. And I think he would fit really well here and really set up some of the stuff that they would do in Ahsoka later. Um, yeah. Just a moment. Guards, bring her here. May I see that? I'm a visitor to your world. It occurs to me it might be beneficial to hear what you have to say about our imperial occupation. I don't think I could be of any help to you. No, I disagree. Bring her to your office for questioning. The other character who's absolutely a chess piece on the board, because she's old enough and we see her at the end of Rogue One, they might as well bring in some, some Leia. She has to have some standing and presence in that early rebellion because she's, she's a centerpiece, apparently. It might be interesting to do similar to what they did with Mark Hamill, do some Carrie Fisher in this show. Uh, you're you're negative on that. That might not work for you. I I do not want to see that. But um, sure. Too much fan service. If they can't, I'm tired of seeing really weird CGI mo motion capture freaky performances. Um, did the Hamill stuff work for you in Book of Boba Fett? The Luke scenes? Uh, no. Okay. No, it didn't. Um, Which is fine. I mean, it was fine. It didn't. It didn't upset me or anything. Right. Um, but I just kind of he. You know, I got really excited when I saw R two. Sure. I got really excited. I was like, <gasps> right. <laughs> I love R two. Uh, and I got really excited when I saw Ahsoka. Um, recast these people. Like I think if you're go like we've we have already recast Han Solo. Granted, people yep. complained about it, but. We have our. There is a precedent to recast these people, and and I think. I mean, obviously, everyone says Sebastian Stan should play young Mark, young Luke Skywalker, and Mark Hamill said, "Yeah, I think so." And Sebastian Stan said, "I would absolutely go do it." Um, I don't know who you cast as as. I mean, Billy Lord, Carrie Fisher's daughter, doesn't look dissimilar to to her sure. mom. So I don't know what I don't. I'm glad that is not my problem to solve. Right. I'll say, but I'm just, uh, I don't know. They don't necessarily need to, it's not necessary. And I think you're right. I, I actually am a big fan of recasting. Some of the best characters in the history of theater and film are recast all the time. From Hamlet to the Joker. Yeah. You know, and nothing wrong with that. If Star Wars has that kind of staying power, you're probably going to need to do it. James Bond, for God's sakes. I mean, Yeah, there you go. But big idea for Andor. I, I I think I will not be surprised if it is the WandaVision of this first set of, you know, Disney Plus uh, series where it's very dark and everybody was like, holy cat. I, I didn't realize that was what was going to happen. It, it, that was really good. It's crazy. They made Star Wars look just like Bewitched. <laughs> well, there it is, Mando Season 3. 
I feel like there's so much to really like. This is very much Filoni. There's so much to like in some of these episodes. There's some stuff you're just like, okay, yeah, probably not going to watch that again. But Well, we've already seen the first two episodes of Mandalorian Season 3. It's, I actually think that they may have. That might have been a COVID thing. I heard that they had started filming Mando Season 3. I think they might have snuck those in and just said, you know what? We need some filler. Because they do feel so dramatically different yeah. than than every plodding, weird, gag-filled nonsense. The, my least favorite scene, in, just to slightly backtrack, in, in the yeah. book of Boba Fett, is when they're doing that horrible motorcycle chase with the yeah. with the Power Ranger android kids. Agreed. Um, where suddenly it's like, how many droids carrying old people across the street are there going to be? This is a Marx Brothers movie. How many people carrying fruit? At one point, they move a large portrait across the street. <laughs> I just thought, this is a Laurel and Hardy movie. A, yeah, that's what it is. Where are three droids carrying a piano up a flight <laughs> of stairs? What, that's what it is. That was so <laughs> dumb. And then to go from that into the that weird disc, um, crescent moon-shaped world that, that he goes to, that, that Mando goes to, I was like, I am obsessed with whatever this is. Yeah. Give me more of this. My God, I love how this looks and feels. And it was the first time in watching, certainly Book of Boba Fett, where I really leaned forward in my yeah. in my chair towards my screen, where I thought, "Ooh, this looks. This is new. This looks different. This feels different. This is new. This is visually arresting." Quality significantly changed. Bryce I, and I was like, Bryce Dallas Howard directed yep. the hell out of that that Mando episode. Yep. I have, in private conversations, been real critical of the episodes that she's directed, but I, I was really into that one. I thought uh, that really was the case. That she, she nailed yeah, she so many nailed elements. It. Just nailed it. Um, and Love they're bringing Amy in, Sedaris. Yeah. Back at, back in, she's, she's a great, that's a character where I'm like, funny, but it feels in world. Yeah. I think she didn't, she pulls that, she pulls her weight on that one, I think. Yeah. Big fan um, of Jawas for her, for her character. A lot of the movement in the story took place in those two episodes. Yeah. And this is the thing. I wanted to float it to you. This is my only hot take for Mando season three. I read something and I was like, that might be it. And I never saw it. Is that the whole story of the series has actually been focused on a different Mandalorian. We think the Mandalorian is Din Djarin, but there's another character who's a Mandalorian. He's going to take up the dark saber. He's going to rule, avenge his parents because Din Djarin can't carry that sword. He can't pull yeah. Excalibur out of the stone is what I think they're showing there. But there was a, there's another character who decided to become a Mandalorian and he didn't decide to become a Jedi. But he got adopted into the Mandalorian um, creed. And he is now, I imagine, is officially a Mandalorian. Um, I can imagine Din Djarin getting killed. I can imagine... Cause we've talked about this in the past. Din Djarin is saying all the wrong things. Like, if you've seen the <laughs> Star Wars, you're saying the things that all the people who die are saying. Hey, Gore. That's who you belong with. He's one of your kind. I'll see you again. I promise. Not even God can sink this ship. Damn it. <laughs> I can see Din Djarin getting killed. Saber taken. He needs to get avenged. 
this all seems to flow to fall into how Star Wars actually works. That the kid who got adopted, who left the Jedi and adopted a different creed. What if the real Mandalorian the whole series has been about is Grogu? He has the armor. He's adopted into the foundling lineage. And you know what, Daniel? This is the way. This. <laughs> <laughs> um, th- as a thought experiment, I think that's super interesting. To, to visually watch something that small in Mandalorian right. armor <laughs> feels like when you see people put their dog in a suit. You know, that doesn't look right. Yeah. I uh, That's interesting. If I wanted to put on my Disney, I'm going to pitch you a $10 billion idea. This is, this is what it is. It would be something like this. It's, we're going to end the Mandalorian, the whole series with the death of Din Djarin and Grogu avenging his death, and that's how it ends. And he's in a spot where he has, just like Anakin, entered a space of darkness. And then I'm getting three movies. And those three movies are, are going to be the Grogu movies. And those are going to be what really is going to be, he's going to have to grow up. You know, he's going to have to get bigger. And it will be post-sequel movies. But they're going to be about that character. That character is so beloved. Mm-hmm. That character, like that is, that that's a, I mean, you make one Grogu movie that is a post-sequel timeline movie where where he has got some stature. He's a teenager. He's starting to do some stuff. <laughs> he's, Ahsoka, he's all of four feet instead of three. <laughs> Ahsoka is going to be the old woman. Definitely going to be there and available to train up some Grogu. And she has seen what it looks like for that exact event to, to happen to a character, to have their parents killed in front of them and wrestle with the dark side. And that I could see that trilogy being amazing. And I've said in the past, Grogu's blood has been taken by people who know that, how to clone. Right, right. And you can make yourselves some, uh, some fun things out of, out of cloned Grogu's, I bet. As a as here is here's what your antagonist looks like. So Disney, that's my ten billion dollar pitch. Just you know, we just want to share the yeah, the toy. Don't take this idea. Yeah, we want some merchandising <laughs> where the real money for the movie is made. That seems like Grogu I, I just, the T-shirt. I don't think Din Djarin's living, and and it makes sense to me that Bo-Katan is the one who's going to take back Mandalore. So, and hasten to say because yeah. Because when you were talking about other Mandalorian uh, folks, she yeah. was, I know it wasn't who you meant, but she was the first person I thought of. And I just got really excited at that notion of just, I love uh, both the character of Bo-Katan so much, and mm-hmm. I just love Katie Sackhoff as well. So I just, I would love to see her come back. I, it, it makes sense to me that they'll, like the payoff for that character, long form storytelling that, that Bo-Katan takes her sister's throne. That makes a lot of sense. It's, it's like a culminating event. Well, and that's kind of my personal hope for season three. I kind of got the vibe that yeah. prior to having seen um, the sneak peek of the Mandalorian season three in the middle of the Book of Boba Fett, my assumption based off of how season two ended was that was that season three would probably be Bo-Katan's quest to retake the Dark Saber, and so she would be sort of the main antagonist pursuing um, Din Djarin and, and everybody else th- throughout that series trying to get the Darksaber back. Yeah. 
I think that there's going to be a lot of that, a lot of uh, Game of Thrones going on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They could add. I agree with you. I, I think good storytelling wise, if if Din Djarin did die, I think that would be great storytelling. I I don't know. I don't know if they're brave enough to do that. Ooh, we'll see. I mean, it is the case. I'm sure they can speculate far enough in advance. Where like here, season three is about this. Season four is about this. Right. You got to land the plane at some point. But in the sa- in the same way that it took 15 years for a beloved Avenger to be killed in, in that Disney franchise. And I mean, yep. every time I watch Tony Stark die, I, I just sob, even though I know it's coming. But I mean, there were a lot of moments where they could have done it with other characters and they chose not to. Yeah. So I yeah. don't, I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're brave enough. I think the right director would do it. I think a Russo brothers or even like a James Gunn aren't afraid to, to pull those storytelling mm. punches, but the, the rabbit is being held so tightly with um with Star Wars, I just I just I think they're I think they're probably terrified to make a choice like that. We'll see. I hope not. He's he's saying I hope I'm wrong. He's saying all the wrong things. <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, no, I I yeah, I don't disagree with you. I just I I hope it's good storytelling to to do that kind of stuff. And I'm just I don't know if they're if they'll be willing to swing that far to the to that side. Yeah. Bang speculation. Two more shows. Uh, Bad Batch Two is going to come out. Um, Daniel didn't get a chance. Did you get? You didn't get a chance to finish this yet. I did. I, I imagine it's worth finishing. And there, it's it's like so much of the Clone Wars in my experience. There's like half of it you're just like okay, and half of it you're like this is amazing. Yeah. It ended in a very emotional way for me. There is a location that we talk about quite a bit in the binge that comes to prominence and ends up taking a lot of damage. And I've got my, I got really emotional about it. And that's one. And two, I have really, I, it's long form storytelling. And when I was going back and just watching scenes, I didn't get hit as much, but the relationship that the Bad Batch share with Crosshair, I found really compelling. So um, there, that story moves will be what is picked up in season two, and okay. we had lots of speculation about what they could do. They didn't do much of any of the things we speculated on, so all of our speculations could still get picked up. Do they not <laughs> listen to this? My God, I need to send a reminder email. <laughs> Don't you realize the two Jedi's are out there? That's a billion dollar idea. It's a billion dollar idea. Yeah, there needs to be a Yoda Mace Windu plot kill palpatine yeah that fails right it's gonna be amazing yeah it's brilliant you could have this disney (laughs) all i'm saying is if that happens i would like a little bit uh disney i would like a little bit of the merchandising money i'd also really like to be in the marvel cinematic universe (laughs) i don't need to be an important character but if you use this idea in lieu of royalty payments and you know residuals throughout the years I just, I just want to be in one of the Marvel films or the series. I don't need to be a superhero. I just would like a cool suit, and somebody can kill me. We need to see some more Rex. I think they absolutely should bring Ahsoka in. They they could easily bring Bo-Katan in. Uh, I want to see some huts. Oh, interesting. I want to see some spice trading. Yeah. I want to see... They, I, you didn't the, get enough of that in uh, Book of Boba Fett? More spice. More spice. I'm an I'm an addict apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I even watched that Dune movie. Man, 
I could talk for a long time about that movie. It's, I bet but we could. Talk I like that movie so much. Yeah, it's. I need to rewatch it. It was, yeah. Oh man, I I went saw it in the theater twice. Oh, it was good. Enjoyable. Just I was so I was gorgeous. so impressed. I was so impressed. It's a gorgeous movie. It's back on HBO now, folks. If you'd like to watch it, you can. The last character I thought they nailed Tarkin at the beginning of the Bad Batch. I thought Tarkin that, was that a I did fabulous, see, and I agree with you. Just fabulous villain. Um, central. Central themes there of brotherhood, and I care about that girl. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's really that's a, they've set the they've set up the game as it were to really do some cool stuff. So agreed. Um, so Omega's story and and the story of all five of those um, of the Bad Batch end up being I think really compelling. Hey, last show, last show is going to be Ahsoka. Oh gosh, yeah, so much. That would be spoiler talk, unfortunately, because a lot of what they'll probably pick up with Ahsoka is going to be dependent on having gotten through all the Clone Wars and through Rebels. Apparently, oh. they're going to pick up Ahsoka during the Mandalorian time period. And yet, oh. we've talked about this in the past, that a lot of the artwork they're using implies that there may be a time travel element, or at the very least... I could certainly see them using some Book of Boba Fett, you know, flashbacks. Um, I'll be really curious to see if they do flashbacks with Kenobi as well. Would you want to see that? Would you want to see like one scene of flashbacks where it's Anakin, Kenobi, and Ahsoka in actual film? Not not, uh, animated, but actual film in like a Clone Wars battle. Yes, I would. Yes, I would. I think you could do a James Bond style intro. That's just ten minutes. That's ju- that just knocks people on their butts, and then you, know? you jump forward in in time yeah. to to him in the desert. That just makes mm. so much sense to me. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean. I want to see. I would love to see. I I actually enjoy the the one th- one of the few things I like about Attack of the Clones actually is when the clones come in there at the end, and I'm into it. the mm-hmm. The spacecrafts are cool. The clones look great. Yeah, cool toys. That, I'm, 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 I'm spending money on Legos, apparently. Yeah, now. I, can, I can see your <laughs> shelves behind there. me. Uh. Um, one of the things that ends up happening with Book of Boba Fett, there are some stories that splinter off. Since Grogu's not going to be with Luke, Luke's just hanging out there. And so if it's the case that you got uh, Ahsoka being during that time period, my assumption would be, well... Time to hook up with uh, another Jedi and and go go do some stuff. Hmm. I don't think I think it would be entirely appropriate to at that point, you know, recast Luke Skywalker. I think it will be really. I think what they'll probably do is Luke Skywalker is going to teach Ahsoka how to commune with Force ghosts, and I think the old man of the story. You know, every a lot of stories these are tropes, and especially in Star Wars, you have the hero, and, and then there's the wise old man. Oh yeah, they're just Arthurian legends. <laughs> Wise old man in the Ahsoka story is going to be Force Ghost Anakin, which I think would be phenomenal. Is that I'm, confirmed? No, this is all speculation. <laughs> I'm making stuff up. This <laughs> is why when they don't do this, but Disney listens to our podcast three years from now, they're like, man, those guys, they knew what they were talking about. That was, that was a great idea. We should if have done only that. we listened. <laughs> that guy could have been Moon Knight. They should have listened to me. Damn. Makes so much sense to me to have them uh, do Kenobi series 
and then build the Ahsoka character, but bring Hayden Christensen back in. I bet you he would. I think he would nail that kind of role. Yeah, man. If he's, I hope, I hope he's gotten some acting lessons between then and now, and 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 shows up. Uh, you know, I'm blaming it on the script. I think he does real well in Sith. I'm gonna stand by his performance in Sith. A great actor can do a lot of good with a bad <laughs> script. I will point you to Sir Anthony Hopkins in a lot of Westworld. Oh, are you? Really? That's he's got a few line. He's got a few speeches that are a little sort of mustache twirly oh, bad guy. Was, I think he's. I think he's amazing. I don't know that I thought the script was terrible. I gotta go back great. and listen. There's moments great. when it's not great. I told you, no company. Thought I might join you anyway. I never like to drink alone. It, that show is amazing. Cannot wait for the next season. Ever, yeah, truly. But there are a few speeches he has where you're like this is. I mean, it's a little hokey and a little whatever. Yeah. But Anthony Hopkins doing it, you're like, you say whatever the hell you want, and I'm in. I mean, Natalie Portman's a pretty good actor, and she had a hard time. That is true, but she's she's what the choices she's making. She's very watchable in that bad role. Just just because she's making good choices and she's dynamic and compelling to watch, even though she's been saddled with a bad script. That is not the case with Hayden Christensen. I don't believe that. And you're sounding like a separatist. I think he's I think he's strong in that third movie. Second movie struggles all over the place. The pairs, man. We'll get to it. We'll get a chance to talk through Seth at some point. Yeah, in, in twenty thirty. I look forward to <laughs> I look forward to uh talking about that. Lastly, I mean, you think Cad Bane is amazing on film and you get to see these these uh, characters that have only been realized in the animation and you're like, man, that, that was great. Thrawn is going to be incredible. Thrawn is just a singularly... Yeah, I'm very excited to see him. ...unique villain in a world that we love. They did... It, everyone has known since Timothy Zahn wrote those books, whatever, 20, 25 years ago just how great this character is. Is and that character just, that old? Yeah, it was... He's uh, been around for 25 years. There's a book called Era of the Empire. So it was it was kind of the, the stuff that was... You know, Lucas kind of said, you know, I don't want to do stuff in the future. If you yeah. would like to do expanded... You know, if you want to do the universe after Return of the Jedi, you know, I'll take a cut of the money. <laughs> you know? I'll wrote, cash that check. Timothy Zahn created a great character. And in just an enduring character one that was so beloved that they brought it into the canon they obviously snuck him forward into uh rebels and but now i suppose now he's postured after return of the jedi to be a very right he's exactly the sort of imperial officer you want after the emperor dies this is exactly the kind of character you want to be the villain afterwards somebody who isn't the emperor he's not a carbon copy at all he's sure he's sherlock holmes in an imperial uniform who saw his whole race wiped out and is pissed off and is going to do some damage because he can outthink you kind of character and and they already have as we've talked about lars mickelson who i'm nearly certain they'll have they'll paint that man blue he doesn't look like him. I mean, well, have you seen mock-ups? I've, yeah, I've seen his face, and it's not the same shape. Doesn't work for you? No. Ah, okay. I think he's a he's a brilliant actor. Yeah. Um, 
and was in Sherlock Holmes. So it's funny that you he's one of the villains in, in season three of, of Sherlock. Yep. Um, I mean, he ends up being that foil for Holmes in that one episode where it's like they're identical. The Mind Palace yeah. episode. Yeah. yeah. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Let me explain how leverage works, Dr. Watson. For those who understand these things, Mycroft Holmes is the most powerful man in the country. Well, apart from me. Mycroft's pressure point is his junkie detective brother, Sherlock. Sherlock's pressure point is his best friend, John Watson. John Watson's pressure point is his wife. I own John Watson's wife. I own Mycroft. He's what I'm getting for Christmas. It's an exchange, not a gift. In return for the password, you will give me any material in your possession pertaining to the woman I know as Mary Watson. Oh, she's bad, that one. So many dead people. You should see what I've seen. I don't need to see it. You might enjoy it, though. I enjoy it. We'll see. I think Benedict Cumberbatch looks like Thrawn, and I know I know Cumberbatch has mm-hmm. said he's not interested in doing it, but he oh, looks right? like Thrawn to me. the The cheekbones and the long, kind of pointy face. Yep. Both those brothers are in the Star Wars universe. It just occurred to me, Lars and Mads, because Mads is is true uh, in Rogue One. And um, how interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm. That was one thing I thought was interesting with Cad Bane, where they had a totally different actor play him on set, and then they had the voice actor from the thing try to try to pair it and. And I thought that was an interesting choice. I did not like the it, but voice I don't of, know that I loved it. You didn't it. like how the CGI character and and the Cad Bane voice worked? I just thought it was I thought it was a very interesting choice. Yeah. It, it, it it confused me a little bit. I'm like, why not put the actual guy? There's so much makeup. I mean, that there was a, that was makeup on an actor. Sure. There's so much. Why can't you just have that guy do it? So you're not trying to force somebody to create a performance in a recording studio, but also on a set? Sure. So th- that was odd to me that they that they did that. I need to look up what his race is, what Cad Bane's race is, because of all things, someone pointed out they're in New Hope. There's right, some... they're in they're in the you... cantina. Yeah, okay, you saw that. The, uh, that the, never the, hit the, me. The Duros. They're the Duros. Is that what they're called? I'd be yeah. I I suppose if there there's already a live action version of that species, so I don't know what you do with that. But I'm gonna look that up just to make sure I'm right. Yeah, Duros. Um, he didn't look right to me either. He he didn't his his face should have been a little bit longer. Yeah. I mean that's a that's a that's a that's minutia. It didn't no. ruin anything for me. But but I agreed when there were folks who were saying why not make him look more like the digital animated version. There there was lots to like about that. You could have, obviously he was a CGI character. You might as well make it. A little I like that he was like real. That. I like that. I like. <laughs> You know, as an actor who's only ever done stage work, I like interacting with people, places, and things that are actually there. So I enjoy how much of Star Wars is kind of going back to practical effects. But but I do also kind of think Star Wars has an alien problem because some of the ones they try to make tangible and real don't always look right. right. And then some of the CGI looks a little too funky, so it almost doesn't work in moments too. So I think they've kind of got to decide what they want to do. Was he real? I don't think I yeah. I haven't seen any of the oh that's interesting I need to go back with that in mind I suppose I thought I assumed he was CGI that's interesting I, thought, I don't know I thought I read a thing where this they that because the way his mouth moves it looks it looks real ah real there you go. <laughs> right you know, sure, I, sure. put, put that in quotes but um I thought 
there was an actor actually on set. I thought I saw somebody credited alongside of the the voice actor, but um, now I'm wondering if maybe I'm wrong. Well, either way, I think Marvel does this where the last movie ends up being the thing that really releases the whole next phase. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's what Ahsoka is. It's going to blow open. Whatever they want to do is probably going to get blown open by this show. It's it's going to be their uh, multiverse of madness. Yeah. Because that is what I do. This next yeah. Doctor Strange movie is, is going to be the thing that blows open the door to everything that Marvel is about to do. Right. Yeah. Um, that... That temple that it just is going to have the weight to. She can sit, continues to be that character that just elevates everything else. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a, a lot of Ahsoka's function in Filoni's work. And, uh, and they've got just such a stellar yeah. person to play that role, too. True. I, I, I want to see uh, being only, having only seen the Ahsoka stuff that we have covered so far in the binge. There's a lot I don't know yet, so I don't, knowing so little, I don't have tons of projections or predictions for, for what I want Ahsoka to be, beyond kind of just saying, I think Rosario Dawson is one of, is just such a top-notch actor. Yeah. I just want to watch her play that character some more, because she's killing I want to see her have, here's one of the places where I think there needs to be better material. She had fine material, I feel like, in some of the Mandalorian stuff. It's not emotional material yet. It's not struggled material. It's not like the inner, you know, the mm, mm. stuff going on inside. Well, I, I feel like in 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 Mando and even in the Book of Boba Fett episodes, she's she's such an expository character. Yeah. So that's all she's there for is to, is to move you to the next series. <laughs> yep. When I assume it will be the case that in her own series, there's going to be some some character growth and and wrestling and all the things. So I'm, I think she will be able, if they give her good material, I bet, I bet she has the talent to do some, some really quality stuff. Oh gosh, absolutely. Come on. All right. Well, those are those six shows. And then there's our show. Yes. We will this year. This is how this is going to work. We're going to enter act two, which we are calling darkness act one. We called students and we had that whole episode on students and how that played out. Our act two, things get dark. And in my book, as you've heard already, Star Wars is just amazing when it goes dark. So we're going to hit five arcs. These are some of the best arcs in the Clone Wars, and they are all very dark in orientation. Um, So we'll set that up with an episode. We're going to do kind of what we did with the Bad Batch. When we think it appropriate, we'll do a Mm pregame for the series coming up. So sometimes we may not get motivated to, to do that, but if, if, the, if the spirit moves, we'll say some stuff. But we are definitely going to do that with Kenobi. So we saved a lot of our Kenobi thoughts. Oh, yeah, we have to. We have to. So that will be the next few episodes. What we're going to do is we're going to do our thoughts both on the pregame for Kenobi and we'll do a postgame for Kenobi, and then we'll jump into Act 2. So that's where we're headed. Heck yeah. Did I miss anything? Um... Not that I am aware of. My show that I filter Star Wars through through this next uh, through this next round of the binge, as opposed to the Crown for for our first season, I think will be the HBO series Winning Time. So if you'd like to see how I parallel Star Wars to a uh, basketball show about the Lakers, tune in. Watch the first episode. I need to watch. Awesome. It's awesome. I, I really enjoyed it. Kelly didn't get into it. 
I got to jump. Does it, is it about the same quality? Does it get better? I assume I really like Adam McKay. I have loved every single episode of this show. Yeah. And, and you know this, and I'm sure most of the people who listen to this podcast can just infer this from, from everything I've ever said. I don't know anything about the sports games. I also don't care. But I love this show. Yeah. It's amazing. And each episode gets a little more... With each new episode, you go, How? What? What? Okay. Okay. These people are nuts. Here we go. (laughs) How do you put together just a ragtag team full of a bunch of people who seem to not like each other and not fit together, whatever? Much like the Rebel Alliance. See? (laughs) Boom. Figured it out already. On the fly. On the fly. My assumption is you have a... A bunch of very young, very famous, very rich people in Los Angeles in the 80s. And that, my friend, is a recipe for all sorts of things to to start boiling. Jack Nicholson just showed up in this episode as like a crazy like young guy. <laughs> I was like, yes. The minute I saw him, I was like, it, Jack Nicholson. That's hilarious. Somebody gets to actually pull out their Jack Nicholson per- impersonation that they've been working on for years. It's it's yeah, and and it's and it's spot on. You know what? It was done. It was done really well. I thought actually because it wasn't somebody being like, "Hey, man, here's Johnny." You know, it wasn't anything along those lines. It was how do you how do you act this person? Yeah, who's not a person we're used to seeing. We're not you know. When you think of Jack Nicholson, you I think he's sort of, at least for me, frozen in time as, as good as it gets, Melvin Udall. Yeah. Amazing Oscar-winning performance. Right. But but it's not the Jack Nicholson that we saw in the late 70s and early 80s. Yep. That's interesting. Yeah. Keep watching it. And it gets better. It's it's a slow burn, but it picks up. I, I think I think Kelly would probably like it. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll pitch it. Again. And if not, she's dead to me. So, you know. <laughs> Well, friends, it would mean the world to us if you take just two seconds and give us some stars on iTunes or Spotify, or most importantly, if you would share this with a person that you care about who loves a galaxy far, far away. We do this as a passion project. There are about 150 people who really get into our work routinely are supporting us. For those of you who are just sticking with us, we are incredibly grateful, and it gives us a lot of energy to, to, to keep doing the work. So Absolutely. You got anything else, Mother Shed? Oh uh, no, I think I think we've I think we got it. Normally I add some really funny quotes here, which I'll pull from. <laughs> there was one uh, about uh, things being terrible. Most of us. We've all done terrible things on behalf of the rebellion. <laughs> we've all done terrible <laughs> things, huh, Mother Shed? Oh man. <laughs> if yeah, we yeah, no. You want to know why we've done these terrible things? That doesn't feel like the right way to use that, but this is the way. Because this is the way? That feels like, no. I don't believe that. And you're sounding like a separatist. You're young, dumb, and caught in a galactic war. Slash first time playing basketball for a national franchise. <laughs> See? Star Wars is the winning time. I've not, I'm doing this on the fly. I'm doing this on the fly. Apparently that's the way. This is the way. <laughs> this is the way.
All right, Sparky, here's the deal. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Robin Williams as the genie, Jack Nicholson. There's many manifestations of Jack. You know, originally that was going to be John Wayne, the way they wrote that for Robin oh, yeah? to do it. was Because he says you got to be a straight shooter. They originally wanted him to do it as John Wayne, but he did it as Jack. You know what? I'm not complaining. You're listening to the Grand Army of the Republic broadcast, the voice of the Outer Rim.